Welcome once again to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This episode is with Joe Hogan from Geekitude. Joe and I have become fast friends since he asked me to be on his podcast back in January, and he is a very, very, very big contributing factor on what lit a fire under my ass to get this podcast up and launched. So thank you, Joe. I hope you all enjoy the conversation. If you're interested in finding more, go ahead and check out Joe's podcast, Geektitude, or you can also hear us and another podcast we really enjoy called WEK, W-E-K-K. Really awesome podcast. I hope you all enjoy. Workout nerd out. In the basement rolling dice, rolling dice, I'm always there. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Hey there, dragons. My name is Kenny Rotter. Welcome to episode six of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast, mixing nerd and fitness culture to break down barriers. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Joe Hogan, host of the Geektitude podcast and contributing author on the DumbbellsAndDragons.com blog. Welcome, Joe. Hi. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Excellent. So, I, I, know, I know you. We've become fast friends these past few months, but why don't you tell everybody else out there, uh, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Joe Hogan. I am a high school English and drama teacher, and uh, I am the host of the Geektitude podcast, which is basically a geek culture podcast that is focused on trying to infuse positivity into geek culture, encourage people to in- embrace not just how you know their geektitude, but um, the geektitude of others, because you know, geek culture has become so big that for me, it's impossible to be um, knowledgeable in everything that is encompassed by that word. So in, at Geektitude, we kind of try and promote the idea that just because you don't have a lot of knowledge about something else doesn't make you a bad geek. And it actually helps you open up the idea of talking to people about what they like and learning more about them. And that's awesome, and I definitely think that's where you and I share a lot of similarities, especially with our respective podcasts. Now, at Dumbbells and Dragons, we always have sources of inspiration, personal heroes, superheroes that we're a fan of. Tell us about one of yours. Um, I'm going to go the geek route. There's there's certainly a lot of people that have affected my life, and I can go the, the nostalgic route. But since we're geeks here, I figure I have always been a, a big fan of Colossus from the X-Men. And I was wondering why, when I saw that question, I would pick him. And I think it's not just because he's you know physically strong, but because he is an artist at heart. He's somebody who is very much about caring for other people. He's very much about um, trying to do the right thing, especially when he was written early on. It was very much about doing what was right and what was noble and what was honorable. And so I think... He's somebody that I've always grad, um, gravitated to in comics. And I actually stopped reading Marvel Comics for a really long time when he died and they brought him back because I felt like, well, if you're, you're going to kill off this character nobly, which they did, don't bring him back because it ruins it. So so that's my hero. Okay. A, I, I'm actually also a big fan of Colossus. My biggest exposure to him is in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. 
But I also agree that if you're going to kill a character, don't bring them back. Don't use death just as an excuse to reanimate somebody. Right, right. You have to do what I call the the Buffy rule, because Joss Whedon's always been good about when he kills off uh, characters. making If they're going to bring them back, the consequences have to be so much worse than the positives of bringing that person back. And so either you're going to kill off more main characters or you're going to make it so it's just too hard to do. And and I think that if you don't have that balance, then you stop caring about the story and the characters because it's like, well, anybody can come back and then it dilutes it. And there are no consequences. Exactly. There are no consequences. What are your favorite areas of nerdiness? Um, right now... Um, video games is probably the, the highest one and it's a very niche pocket of video games because I don't own any game systems. I, I just PC game. Um, although I did just recently acquire a 3DS, so I'm getting my Pokemon on quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. The, the, the college addiction is, is quickly catching back up with me, but, um, I play a lot of Warcraft. I play a lot of Hearthstone. Uh, I'm very much a Blizzard gamer. Uh, I play Sims 4. That's my, I don't want to think about anything. I just want to make people do, <laughs> I want to control somebody else's <laughs> life when my life is feeling out of control. I so, have this God complex. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like when, you're, when your life gets out of control and stressful, it's nice to go, you know what? I'm going to make this guy do a bunch of stuff that uh, I don't have the time to do. <laughs> um and and so I think that's pretty much the the main focus of my stuff right now. But I'm a, a huge geek when it comes to comic books, um, movies, and television, especially now because when you're an English teacher, reading is is a hard thing to fit into your life because you spend so much time reading other your, your students' papers and stuff yeah, that you just don't want to read anymore. Oh, and, sure. And so when I have big spans of vacation, that's when I tend to get a lot of my reading done. But during the school year, the reading kind of goes out the window. I can absolutely understand that. And with, in regards to video gaming, I love video games. I actually recently just deleted Pokemon Shuffle off my phone Mm -hmm. because I realized it was taking up so much of my time and Mm -hmm. I had so much other, so many other things that I wanted to do. But I've had a hankering to go back to Super Mario 64. Oh, wow. For – it's been like two or three weeks now that I've just been like, I should just plug in that 64 and just have at. Yeah, absolutely. And then life gets in the way. It does. It <laughs> does. I mean, and it's funny because we we've this is the, the third podcast we've recorded today. And um, fourth. Fourth. This is the fourth. Yeah, we've we've been on a bit of a, a, a marathon and um, – one of the things I, I have done to make sure that I edit my podcast is that's my gaming time is I, I edit while I, I play a video game. And if there's anything that I hear that pulls my attention, that's what I go in and fix. Otherwise, I just leave it be. And, you know, there's probably podcasts out there that have better auto, audio quality than, than mine. But I would rather put out a, a product than put out a perfect product. Yeah. So that's that's been where most of my gaming time comes in is I'll just do it while I'm editing. I'll do it while I'm editing. I like that. Now, what is your favorite nerd or pop culture genre? It changes, and that's that's the thing. I'm I'm very I always tell people when they ask me what kind of music I listen to that I'm a secondhand listener. 
I listen to whatever the people around me are listening to, and that's what I get okay. really into. So when I was in uh, college and I was a theater major, it was all musical theater stuff. And then um, my roommates after that were all into to punk, so I got to punk, and now my husband's all into electronic dance music, so that's all we listen <laughs> to. Um, it's the same kind of thing. It's when um, my friends are into like the Marvel movies then yeah. that's what I'm really into when um, I'm getting into a kick with a bunch of people who play like all of a sudden my students are playing a lot more world of Warcraft. You know, the, when, when I first started teaching, they, it was big and they got this little slump where it wasn't as popular, but now they're all back into it again. So it's okay. like, okay, I'll get into this now. Uh, so I think, I think I tend to go where, where the social, interests me like okay if if people are getting excited about it I, I don't like to think i'm following the trends because it's not necessarily what's cool to the masses it's just kind of what's cool and exciting to the people i'm around at the time okay that's actually that's i have i found myself to be somewhat similar mm-hmm. like it i'm reading more deadpool because my wife loves deadpool saga has been everywhere everyone i'm talking to right now is into saga so i got into saga like two months ago Comic book, really great. I'll include links. Just check it out. But yeah, so what is one thing that you're into that A, maybe the other people around you aren't into, but that people might find surprising? Um, I think the thing that I'm probably most into that other people aren't is podcasting. And <laughs> podcasts, it's like there's there's a small group of us that do listen and say, hey, you know, hey, this is this is the cool podcast you used to listen to this but i get so many cross-eyed looks from people <laughs> like what's a podcast and so i guess if you're not in the culture you don't get it and even people who are very hardcore into geek culture you say oh yeah i'm into the podcast oh nerdist yeah i've heard of that and that's it that's the yeah. extent of it um so i don't think it's surprising if you know me that i mean there's really nothing i'm an open book so there's probably not much that's surprising as far as what I like, but I think that's the one that I don't always connect with people. You're either a podcast person or not a podcast person. There's, yeah. Um, getting my, when I was on your, when I was on Geektitude, getting my family and friends to listen was almost impossible because they were like, what's a podcast? How do I find it? Can I get it on my phone? And I was like, yes, here are the steps. Go to iTunes, search this, click listen, or go to geektitude.com, click this episode, click listen. And I'm like, that sounds really easy for me because I do it every day when I there's something I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. But I forget that other people may not be aware of that. I think the more and more you do Geektitude, the more and more that answer is not going to surprise people anymore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when you spend all day on a Sunday with five other podcasters listening and recording and having a good time and laughs. What if you could have any superpower? What power would you have? I think – I know what power I would have. I have always thought telekinesis would be the coolest thing to just pick stuff up and chuck it places. But, like, to the level of, like, Phoenix from the X-Men. Like, full-on flying around, you know, I don't like what I'm wearing today. Hey, it's a different outfit. You know, like, yeah. molecular level, you know, that powerful of telekinesis. That's always been my my go-to. And I've always thought that that 
is probably one of the most powerful powers. Mm -hmm. And we can nerd out about that all day. Because, honestly, if you can control everything down to a molecular level, you can control fire. You can control the water molecules around you and create ice. You so basically my answer is I want all of them. All of them. <laughs> that, that's, you know, it's, but it's a sneaky way because you can't say I want all of them. So you just find the power that duplicates all, all of them, them and you're done. And you're good. <laughs> oh man, it's like Ditto from Pokemon. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we got a little bit into your nerd side, a little bit of some knowledge about you in regards to uh, nerd habits. So you also write a bi-weekly is it bi-weekly? Is bi-weekly every other week or every, twice a week? I always forget. I think it's bi-weekly is every other. So every other week, <laughs> <laughs> Joe writes a blog article called Game Plan, which is just kind of him holding himself accountable for getting more into shape and getting more into a health and fitness lifestyle, of which has gotten great positive response. We absolutely love it. I've loved reading your stuff. It's awesome. Thank you. So um, what is your current attitude towards fitness? Uh, fitness is the thing that I guiltily know I need to do better at, but constantly excuse myself away from. I think that's the best way to explain it. Like, I know what I want to do, but... Making it a priority and moving life out of the way to to get to that is what I struggle the most with, I think. Okay. And so I get very excited about the idea of doing all the fitness things that I should be doing, but then trying to fit it into the schedule. And it's not an ex- – it, it is an excuse, but it shouldn't be an excuse. Uh, trying to fit it into it, the schedule becomes a lot harder than – it is in your head when you say, I'm going to make this commitment. Or I'm going to do this. And so um, that's part of the thing that I try and talk about with uh, the game plan is that the, the G in game stands for gradual changes. And it's finding that balance between changing gradually and not changing at all. And that's a very fine line. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so I think my relationship right now is trying to find that balance, trying to find that where that gradual change is I'm, I'm making a change or where it's like I'm making a change for a week and then I'm losing it. Okay. And you said something that, that stuck with me and it's I, I've i met some people that are like, I want to change my lifestyle but I'm not motivated to or I don't enjoy working out or I don't enjoy the scheduling. I You know, when you say something like, it's harder to schedule it that's that's true and you know there's only so much time in a day Mm -hmm. and it's a lot easier to fill those hours with things we already enjoy than something that is daunting or challenging or something that we just don't want to do um and i had a point (laughs) And so I know I've been real impressed with your ability to stick with it. And I think that those changes are going to come and you are going to see those gradual changes. And as you see those gradual changes, you're going to enjoy it that much more, which is going to make scheduling easier, which is going to make the gradual changes come even faster. Right. 
So it's 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 really a process, but it can actually be kind of fun. Yeah, it's a balance, and that I mean that's the thing. It's like I like working out. I don't. I'm I'm one of those few people that not running. I don't like I don't like cardio. I don't like that kind of stuff. But if you want me to to sit and lift heavy things, I don't mind doing that. Like <laughs> I, I really don't. Like I I feel like I can physically feel good about that. Where I think with anything that makes me have to catch my breath. It gives me a little anxiety, but if it's, um, you know, weightlifting and that kind of stuff, I, I find it relaxing in many ways, but it's just, how do you fit that in? And, and when, you know, I, you know I've, I've said on my podcast and other people's podcasts, I have a, a one, one way to work is an hour and a half. And so you add three hours a day, 15 hours a week into your schedule. That's just sedentary in the car. And then you get home and it, you, you know, you haven't seen your, your significant other and, and all, you know, all day and you're now time to dinner and let's spend some time together before we go to bed. And it's like, okay, where was that half hour to sit and work out? And, um, and so that's, that's, I think, where the biggest struggle for me comes from. Uh, and I, I wish I had a, desirable solution for that but unfortunately it's just there's only so much time in the day so you have to either sacrifice some of those things or sleep yeah um which is also not i mean there's there's no magic wand there's no good answer there's just figuring out what what is going to work for everybody involved yeah and actually the problem with sacrificing sleep is it's been shown to be beneficial to people who want to gain muscle or lose fat, mm-hmm. you need your eight hours mm-hmm. so your body can recoup. So everything's a double-edged sword. Yeah. <laughs> All right. um, what is your current area of strength? What do you, um, what do you, what do you think is really... Uh... Optimism. <laughs> <laughs> Optimism is my father. Uh, because that's what it is. It's like I, I'm on this journey and I'm I'm throwing it out there for people. And there are days when – like like going into the way and I usually do my weigh-in on the Tuesday or Wednesday before um, the, the article comes out. And when I get to the weekend before, I start to get a little bit of stress going, did I do enough? Am I going to have to report a gain? Um, am I going to have something to talk about that people are going to be interested in? Did I, did I make enough of a change that I have something to report out on? And um, – and I think the optimism is what keeps me going, finding what – forcing myself to find the positives so that I do have something to write about, so that I do – so I can stand on that scale and go, all right, well, if I have a lost – if I've lost this week, awesome. If I have a gain this week, then I have something to write about, <laughs> but <laughs> but I will have to find – you know, I will have to self-analyze and say what what – what happened here and how do I improve? And so I think that kind of forces that optimistic outlook on, I, I will do it. I just have to keep pushing forward. Uh, absolutely. And so you said earlier that you hate running. Mm-hmm. So would you consider that an area that you want to improve or is there something else that you would say you really want to improve on? Um, I think the area I want to improve on is consistency. I think it's – I'm very sporadic right now with my fitness and that's I think what 
what keeps me from from being as successful as I'd like to be. Um, the running thing I'm actually planning on getting into. Um, I'm looking at you know this summer kind of figuring out a way to work that into my routine. Summers are a lot easier because I'm not teaching every day, so I'm not commuting every day. So, hey, look at all this time. Where did this come from? <laughs> um, and so I, I'm – you'd mentioned the um, Zombie Run app when you were on my podcast, and I want to do that. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. And my husband has actually said that he's interested in maybe doing some running, not because he likes it, but because he feels like it's one of those – Things where you don't really need a lot of equipment to do. It's, you know, he likes to be out in nature, so it's something that you can do. The problem that we have is that it, we live in Palm Springs, and so once summer hits, if you're not out by, you know, six in the morning, then it's, gonna <laughs> it's get very, way very too hot. hot to be running around. But I think we're kind of trying to make the commitment to each other that, you know, we're going to push each other to to start running or start doing healthier things. Like this... I'm getting through um, this next week. We've got a, a very busy schedule this next week. And then we are going to start setting aside two or three days a week that we will be working out together. And this was the compromise between me saying, I want to start working out and making sure that I get more fitness into my routine because I, I do feel very sedentary between, you know, the three hours a day in the car and sitting behind a desk when, when my kids are taking tests and whatnot and, and spending time with him and his compromise is not to complain because we're, we're the exact opposite. He'll sit and do a treadmill as long as, as he wants. It doesn't bother him. And I'm like, this is boring. Yeah. I want to do something else. And, you know, picking up heavy things is not his favorite thing to do. So we're completely opposed yeah. on what we enjoy doing. <laughs> so we're kind of like, all right, well, let's find a way to make it about being together and doing something positive together as opposed to I hate this. I don't want to do this. Because if you say I hate this and don't want to do this about spending time together, yeah, then, you know, all of a sudden, okay, wait, no, I am finding the positive. Again, it's a little bit of that fighting the positive. No, absolutely. And I th you'll actually open up more time once the school year hits because if that if you create spending time as working out, it'll be easier to work that into your school year rotate your school year schedule, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, and my one suggestion, feel free to take it or dismiss it, is while you're working out this summer, gradually try to get if you go running or if you go to the gym with your husband try to get it onto a schedule as if you are still in the school year because mm -hmm. then that's going to be easier to incorporate once august hits absolutely yeah absolutely so was there ever a time either with geekitude or your health and fitness where you experienced I want to say like a like a notable failure because you said there's sometimes where you will have gained mm -hmm. for game plan and a I don't want to think of that as a failure because it's just a part of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, failing would be giving up the game. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. You know, um, I have a very different relationship with failure. I don't look at failure as a negative and I try and teach that to my kids because I think we've raised I'm going to get a little political here I think we've raised a generation of people 
that have to be perfect and then can't cope with life when they're not. And so I'm all about the failures. I, you know, it's, it's a way to learn. Um, I think my biggest failure in general is not knowing when to ask for help. Mm. Um, over the last school year, uh, and at the end of 2014, I lost my dad. It was very sudden. It was very unexpected out of the blue. And then less than six months later, my grandmother, who I was very close with, passed away. And, you know, my poor my poor mom, because my grandma lived with my mom, lost her husband, her mom, and the family dog all within a six-month oh. period. And so it was just a very bad time for my family. And I was trying to take care of my brother. I was trying to take care of my husband. I was trying to take care of my mom. I was trying to take care of everybody and still put in 40 hours a week and still, you know, and, and you can't do that. Like yeah. nobody can do that. And, um, and it was affecting my relationship with my husband and it was affecting my relationship with my family. And, and so I think where my failure came in was not being able to stop and say, I need to do things for me. I need to do things that are, positive and when i can't do things i can't look at them as a failure i have to look at them as i need help and i need to be okay letting people help me and um and that and therapy is a wonderful thing it's, it's so true and people sometimes discount it but i i don't think people understand the benefits to having someone to talk to that legally cannot tell anyone else. And I think that is, it's just, it's very rewarding. It's very enlightening. uh, As long as you find the right person to talk to. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to find it in the first session. No. Yeah. I was, I was very lucky. I, I, I think mental health is something that we we often don't talk about when we talk about fitness. Oh yeah, and um, and that's such a big thing. And I, I called somebody, researched it. Like this, this is the person that I am going to go with because she sounds amazing, and she didn't take my insurance. Uh. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then she suggested to me uh, a colleague of hers, and. Um, and when I called the colleague, it was very much about the insurance and all the technical stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm going into this session and I really don't – I don't feel the warm and fuzzies I was feeling from the other person. And I just kind of suggested my situation, explained what was going on. And she started using all the all the words that I had used when talking to my husband about why I needed to start seeing somebody. And I was – without prompting from me, it's like I, I feel – you know, I'm like, I, I feel like I don't have time. I, I'm tired all the time. And she goes, you feel depleted. And I'm like, oh, my God, I used that exact word when I was talking to my husband last weekend. And when you find that connection with somebody who kind of gets you and understands, yeah. it's like, okay, now, without judgment, I can say anything I need to say to this person and and feel validated or forced to evaluate why you feel that way. So it, it's been a very, very positive experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I remember going to see my last, my last uh, therapist back in Arizona, and 
around 60 to 80% of her clients were kids. Mm -hmm. So, but she was close to my house and she took my insurance. Um, So I gave it a shot and you walk in and there's like games everywhere and there's like this little fake treehouse thing and like stuffed animals. I felt right at home. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten to that point in my life where I'll see those like tree houses and stuff and go, it's not fair. I can't fit in that. (laughs) It's not made for me. (laughs) It's very rude. (laughs) No, but I mean, you, you have good and bad experiences with head doctors like you would any other doctor. Mm -hmm. I've had, I've had some doctors that have dealt with some of my injuries that I just don't like and won't go back to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of that's my fault. Some of it, I will go in with so much baggage about this injury. I'm like, this is what it is. And if you don't tell me this is what it is, you're a quack. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not the right way to pick a doctor. Right. <laughs> you're not the medical professional there. So uh, I definitely agree with you that mental health is something that we need to take more stock in. And hopefully this encourages someone to, if they need it, to go talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Is the key there. And honestly, for those of you who've never been to therapy, there's some sessions where I just tell her how amazing my last week was. Like, you know, oh, yeah. it, it doesn't always have to be, oh, my life, oh, you know, it's all caused because of my bad relationship with my parents. It's like, it's not all that. It's like they ask you questions about what you say and, you know, why do you think that happened that way? And what are your strategies? And you're, you're, you're having a conversation with somebody whose goal is to make you feel better. Oh, yeah. And there's some weeks or days where you're just on cloud nine and you're mm-hmm. having a great time and that's all you're telling them about. You're like, this happened. I was really happy. <laughs> End of story. I remember some sessions where it was just be literally an hour of her and I talking about fantasy football mm-hmm. and how her team's doing, how my team's doing. And that's it. And it was like we had nothing else to talk about. And my therapist has played World of Warcraft, so I'm like, score. <laughs> like, Dude, like you, you can't get past that. Like, you're, you're, you might not be as hardcore geek as Kenny and I, but you're <laughs> you in, the are realm. in the club. <laughs> Welcome, sir. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we we actually had a uh, nutrition podcast a little bit earlier. Um, do you have a favorite cheat meal? What is your favorite type of just? You know what. I worked out really hard this week. I'm gonna. I'm going to indulge. Um, I I have my cheat meal, and then I have my kryptonite. Um, <laughs> I have. I, I'm I'm a pasta person, so I like anything from macaroni and cheese all the way to spaghetti and meatballs and everything in between. And I know that carbs are part of the reason why I have <laughs> the the weight issue I have. Now, because I was raised in an Italian family, and pasta is a staple. So the, my cheat meal tends to be things that are very savory and, and often pasta and carb-related. Um, but my kryptonite are donuts. Oh. Donuts are the absolute best thing ever. And anybody who's been anywhere around a school knows that they're – like we are probably next to – you know, if you want to be stereotypes um, – Next to cops, I think teachers <laughs> consume the most, uh, most donuts. donuts ever. And um, and so, you know, there's takes a lot of willpower to say no to the constant parade of donuts that come through the classroom on any given week. Right. And you just visited Portland. 
Yes. And there were some donut shops up there, right? Yes. Everybody says to go to Voodoo, and we did not go to Voodoo Donuts because um, it was – it's supposedly the very um, touristy – Good. The, okay. Yeah. yeah. If, if you want the like authentic, this is where the Portland people go to, and oh, okay. it, you go to Blue Star. And, okay. Um, they had a – Mexican chocolate donut that was phenomenal because it was you know chocolate on chocolate like dark chocolate donut Ooh. with with chili powder, so it had that. That spice. sounds really cool. It was phenomenal. That sounds so good. It was phenomenal. And now everyone just threw their diets to the wind, and we're all going to get tons go get donuts. of donuts. <laughs> well, we just we just recorded the the WEC podcast, um, part of their nutrition podcast, and they're talking about where our challenge is to try and have one cheat meal. One cheat meal a week. A week. And avoid added sugars. So I'm now trying to decide if my cheat meal is going to be pasta at my favorite restaurant or a donut on Friday mornings. And I don't know what it is about Friday mornings, but I feel somewhere in my life I have associated Friday mornings with donuts. And so every morning I wake up on Fridays craving a donut and I have to go, no, (laughs) no donut this week. Ah, suggestion. Mm Mm-hmm. Take the donut on Friday, wrap it up, put it away, have it for dessert after the pasta meal. Nice. Can combine See? can combine the cheats. I like this. I like this plan. <laughs> yeah, game plan. <laughs> now, uh, do you have a motto or a mantra that either A, keeps you wanting to go back to game plan, do better with game plan, uh, reach your goals there? Or even with geekitude, something that just keeps you moving forward. Um, I don't think it's anything poetic that you can like put on a magnet and sell to people. Um, but I do try and uh, look at. I think my motto tends to be: "Don't be afraid to fail." That's what I tell my kids constantly. Don't be afraid to fail. I actually started Geektitude. You know, I wanted to do Geektitude for a very long time. But at the beginning of this school year, we give our our students summer homework. We're we're those teachers. Um, (laughs) And uh, in the past, I've given them like reading assignments and essays about summer vacation and horrible things like that. And this year I was like, I want to know what your goals are. What are your goals this year? And they don't have to be academic. And I, this is going back to the we're training a, a bunch of kids to not learn how to fail. Um, they, I got a third of them at least responded that they wanted to study more, um, get better grades, and I forget the other what the other one was. Uh, do better on tests, yeah. and it's kind of like these are not your goals. These are the things that we've programmed into you to be your goals. Yeah. Like your goals are to get to that next level in whatever video game you're playing or to completely binge watch, you know, these three TV series that you want to go back to. I could guarantee you that their goal is not to study more and get better grades. A, A goal would be. I want to be able to get better grades and study less. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and so I, I said, all right, guys, I'm I'm up. I appreciate this. It'll go in the grade book. Very well written, wonderful. But I want to know what your goals are. And so I made them do a speech in class because we're we're trying to. One of the things that um, our students have been asking for is more more um, public speaking 
practice. And so people would get up and say, well, I want to be a photographer. And one girl was like, I really, I love photography and I want to start my own kind of photography business, but I, I, I just don't do it. And another kid was like, I want to start streaming video games online. And so I was like, well, then why aren't you doing it? And then I kind of thought, well, I'm not doing my podcast. So I made a, I made a deal with them. I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to let you know I'm starting a podcast. It's here. You can see it. It's now I want to see your your website for your photography business or your, you know, give, give me a link to your Twitch stream so I can I can you watch, watch your, your, video games. Your, your video games. And um, and I think that once we start encouraging people to not be scared of failing, they can do really cool things. Oh, yeah. I mean, this podcast, Demos and Dragons, I was, af- I was afraid to fail, so I didn't put it out there for years. And now we're finally, we're finally out, and we're happy about it. So it's a very good mantra or motto. I think a lot of people, I think fear is, it's, it's one of the biggest dream killers. Well, and it's it, fear is there for a reason. Fear is there to keep us from being eaten by dinosaurs. And yes, I know that dinosaurs and people didn't exist at the same time. But <laughs> go, go with me on this. It's like I'm not listening to anything else he says because he said people were eaten by dinosaurs. But um, but it's kind of like when you learn to conf- – I, I am terrified of horses. It's not a rational fear, but something about horses freaked me out. And – I have ridden a horse for two hours in Costa Rica. It was a terrifying experience. I never have to get on a horse again, but I experienced it and I can say, you know what? I faced it. Still a fear. <laughs> it's out there. We're good. Well, I – back into in 2014, I was running a Tough mutter with my friend uh, Veronica. Different not my wife Veronica to, to people who have listened to the previous episodes. And we were running this Tough mutter, and one of the events is climbing up a 15-foot tower and jumping into a, essentially a pool of muddy water. It's mm-hmm. about It was about 12 to 15 feet deep, muddy water, couldn't see the bottom. And she turns to me and she says, I'm afraid of heights, and I'm afraid of pools of water that I can't see the bottom. Not the most uncommon fear. No. Like, if you can see the bottom of the pool, someone can see you drowning and then they can save you. If mm-hmm. they can't see the bottom of the pool, they can't save you. So I looked at her and I go – and she's just like, I'm afraid. And I go, what part of this obstacle, what part of climbing a ladder, jumping off a platform and swimming says you're not allowed to be afraid? So – and she looked at me. First, she looked at me like I was a moron. <laughs> she's like, you're, and then, and then, she's like, he's right. Just because I'm afraid doesn't mean I can't move my feet mm-hmm. and jump and swim. Granted, obviously, not being afraid makes things easier. But she did it, and it was wonderful, and it was amazing. So I think, don't be afraid to fail is huge and it helps us get past that fear anything we want to do we can still do even with fear even with being afraid and and we we fail like we you're gonna fail like you cannot go through life without failing if you do you're not living big enough yeah exactly exactly and so i feel like 
you know, not only should you try not to let failure stop you, but you need to let the people around you fail too and be there and help them. Um, I mean, that's what I see with my students so often. It's like, come on, guys. I, I have one class this year. Um, we, we label our classes by by the directional, um, the cardinal directions. And, you know, so and they're, they're divided in houses. So we have South House and we call it the South House Stair because they will not answer questions and discussions because they don't want to be the one to get it wrong. And which makes for an English teacher, it's like you've just killed my lesson for the day. Congratulations. <laughs> but um, but I've I've started this thing where I'll just go. All right. Worst answers you can give me. Like, just give me the most ridiculous wrong answers. All right. And then they'll just shout out silly, stupid things. And it's like, OK, none of your answers can possibly be as wrong as any of those. Let's go. Yeah. You know. Well, and it was I was listening to somebody talk one time and they were talking about how. When you're a kid in school and the teacher asks a question, your everyone's hand goes up and they're so excited. And then she calls on little Johnny and little Johnny is like, well, then there was the dinosaurs and they ate the hippopotamus and then they started fire and then they flew in spaceships and ran away. And then the teacher goes, correct, but this is a math problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Number one, the, the kid doesn't care, but then he sees his friends snickering or making fun of him. And then all of a sudden, the kid whose hand goes up seven times a day all of a sudden goes up five times a day and then two times a day mm-hmm. and then once a week. And so we just need to embrace that we are going to be wrong in this world so much more than we're going to be right. Right. <laughs> so I – if. If the listeners take nothing else away, it's just be wrong. Mm-hmm. Send me a wrong comment. Everyone listening to this, please comment with your most ridiculous, insane comment, and I will <laughs> read it and love it. <laughs> All right. So let's switch uh, to some current events. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you do this week to work out nerd out? What was one thing you did fitness-wise? What was one thing you did nerd-wise? Well, I did have a theater festival to go to all this week. So there was a lot of there was a lot of walking. Okay. There was a lot of walking. Good. And um and a lot of moving things from point A to point B and so I think that was that was the most fitness that I've gotten was that. Uh as far as nutrition goes, um it's very hard and I think this is what this week's game plan is going to be on um it's very hard when you are in a situation like a convention or a festival or a place that's out of your routine. I think most of us can kind of get into a routine where it's easy for us to do X, Y, or Z. But when you break that routine, it's it's rough. And so my big thing was I really wanted a hamburger at the <laughs> festival. And I could have waited in line for the hamburger at the festival. Or I could have gotten the very sugary Jamba Juice at the festival. But I'm like, no, there's salads right here. And... So I think for me, the nutrition was not making the decisions that I knew were wrong. The one cheat I had this weekend was I did grab a Snicker bar early on Saturday, but it was mostly because I didn't know where most of my meals were coming from that day. Okay. And so it was like, if I have to have the the cheat bar, then I will have it because I know I it is – you know, it's got protein in it. It's got it, it's it's not the worst decision I can make. 
And I completely forgot it to the point where the kids found it like lying on the floor <laughs> and tossed it into the cooler so that it wouldn't melt. And, um, and then, you know, when, when we'd finished dinner, one of the parents had brought us, uh, sandwiches and it wasn't enough because I wanted to make sure all the kids had enough food. And so I, I had like a sandwich that was like a quarter of what a normal meal would be. I'm like, I need something. Oh, wait, I had a Snickers bar at some point this day today. Yeah. Okay. It'll it'll satisfy me till I get out of the show at eleven thirty. Okay. Was that also the nerd thing? Um, those were the, the the nerd thing this week is mostly been the, the drama, the, the drama. theater, and it's really cool. It's anybody who has never gone to a theater festival, uh, especially with high school students. <laughs> oh my god. Um, that scares me, but I'll try it. Oh, it's it's <laughs> phenomenal. It, You have these kids who have worked so hard doing something that they absolutely love and adore, and they're terrified. Like, especially the kids who've never been, when you take your freshman in, the freshmen don't know what's going on. They've never experienced anything like this. And you you walk into this um, college campus, and there's thousands of kids. It's like anytime you've gone to a convention, that feeling when you walk in and you're like, these are my people, it's the same thing with these kids. They walk in and they're like, oh my god, these are my people. And... It's a weekend of people supporting each other in the stuff that they love. It's exactly That's what we. Awesome. It's exactly, exactly what, what we're doing. trying to do. Yeah, and um, and we they're the biggest like the the piece de resistance the the category that everybody aspires to is the musical theater category because it's not just um you know a monologue that you can do by yourself. It takes so much rehearsal and it takes so much collaboration. Um, everybody once the finals are announced. And you know if you're in a final or not. And my students, we're not a performing arts school. It's just me and a couple of kids. So we have we have yet to make it to finals. But um, what we do is we make sure that we're not in any finals. And then when that's confirmed, we all run over to the musical theater finals. These these kids could be on Broadway. Oh, yeah. Like the the there was a performance of the opening number of Carrie the Musical, which looked professional. Absolutely looked professional. And then the um, they did the Scarlet Pimpernel, which is about um, the French Revolution, and they were singing a song about the guillotine. And the last um, movement in this entire choreography was they took – they'd been dancing with these big sheets of black fabric, and they took two of them and kind of made a, a curtain a, with a slit in between. They tossed one of the girls up in the air. So that her head was at the top of the split between the two um, pieces of fabric and then dropped her. So all you saw was her head drop like a guillotine. Oh, that's It was phenomenal. It was like – it was basically like a cheerleading mood. They just tossed her up. The the fabric went in place. Her head dropped like it was falling out of a guillotine. That's that's pretty cool. 3,000 – High school theater students stood up on their feet and gave these, I think, 10 high school students a standing ovation because it was one of the most phenomenal pieces of theater I have seen That's in a awesome. very long time. That sounds really cool. It was phenomenal. It was, I believe, Canyon High School. So if there's anybody here listening from Canyon High School, you guys were amazing. Excellent. Congrats, con- congrats Canyon. Um, my workout nerd out was yesterday. I was really worried that I wasn't going to have time to work out because my wife kind of had a full day planned and I managed to, I made some adjustments. I woke up 
a little bit earlier than I normally would on a Saturday. I went to the gym that opened up at 6 a.m. instead of the one that opened up at 8 a.m. I did not go at 6 a.m. I went at 7 a.m., but it allowed me to get in my Saturday workout before we were moving all day. And my nerd out, what did I, what have I done that's been nerdy lately? It's been all kind of the same thing. It's been catching up on Doctor Who. Uh, it's been watching WWE. I'm going to go ahead and say, because it's, it's Sunday, March 20th. My nerd out is going to be, it's future. It's going to be tonight. I'm going to finally catch up on at least a few episodes of Daredevil. Season two. I've already seen season one and it was amazing. Hashtag well, Daredevil. Well, and also if we're if we're counting podcasting as a kind of a geeky thing, you have been marathoning. I have been marathoning today, podcasts so. <laughs> all day today. So yes, um, but yes, I I can think of many 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 worse ways to spend my Sunday. All right. So getting into speaking of podcasts and uh, nerd awesomeness, you're here today. Uh, to talk about the Geektitude podcast. Uh, we've kind of been talking about Game Plan, uh, your blog for Dumbbells and Dragons, pretty much interspersed all throughout this. So let's talk about Geektitude. Um, Geektitude, I started the, the blog portion of it because anybody who knows anything about podcasting kind of have to have a blog before you can have a podcast. <laughs> and um, I started it in July of 2015. And... The idea was to kind of be able to get my geekiness out there because um, when I moved with my husband out to Palm Springs, he's not a big geek. And so I'm, I'm slowly corrupting him to our ways. <laughs> but, um, but to sit there and just geek out about, you know, an issue of, an X, of X-Men or, you know, to, to try and convince him to watch this new series it's it's a it's a process yeah and it doesn't have that that natural flow that we can have when we're talking with other geeks so it was kind of to try and um be able to communicate with other geeks on a more regular basis because again i, I moved basically an hour and a half from from my closest friend at this point and so most of my friends aren't gonna you know drop by the house when it's an hour and a half drive away away. yeah so that's kind of what the impetus was. I, I listened to a lot of podcasts and I was like, I want to turn this into a podcast. I want to do something with this. And it's slowly kind of snowballed. I've gone to just having friends on the podcast to having people that I meet that are in the community like you and, and the WEC people. And, and I'm now starting to get to a point where I'm going to be covering conventions and, um, I'm really excited because in May there's a, a relatively new cosplay convention. And so one of my friends and her 10-year-old daughter are going to go with me. Uh, the daughter's free and I have a press pass with the mother. And all three of us are going to write articles for my blog. That's awesome. So we get a 10-year-old's perspective of her first cosplay convention. I, I'm going to, you know, I don't know how much of this is official, but I think I can say that we're going to be... Um, having panels at uh, at least Palm Springs Comic Con. And I think you're going to hopefully be able to join us there, depending on... If invited, I will be there. Oh, well, already invited. <laughs> It'll be there! <laughs> um, but uh, I will also... I've been asked to moderate a couple of the panels there. So it's it's become... Geektitude has gone from being a little blog that I was doing things with and uh, to a podcast that 
is connecting me to all these really cool people to, wow, now I'm like covering conventions and networking with people who, um, you know, have worked on television shows and written comic books and, and it's just kind of been a crazy wild ride because I still am just a high school teacher in Southern California. So, <laughs> so that's what we've been doing. Um, a lot of just, you know, trying to find the positivity in geek culture because like so much stuff in the world right now, uh, geek culture is kind of awful sometimes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm a big gamer and there are places, especially if you are not a straight white male, that um, you're, it's not a, a safe place for you, yeah. let alone a nice place for you. And so that was, I think, the the big push was, you know, I need to create a space that I'm happy with and that I can make other people safe in. Yeah. And... And I was actually talking with a, a few other people about this. It was like there is a demographic of nerds and geeks who were stereotypically excluded from things as they were growing up. You know, I experienced a little bit of ostracized. I was a little ostracized in high school because of what I was into. Um the comic books, the superheroes. I was in theater and that wasn't viewed out. That wasn't viewed as quote unquote cool. And I think there's a demographic of geeks and nerds that the same things happened to them, but now they've found their people either at the comic book shop or at conventions. And now they get to exclude other people. Mm -hmm. And now they're choosing to do that based on some sort of perceived difference. And I think your, definitely your podcast, I know Mating Habits of the Modern Geek uh, is doing that as well. I'm really hoping that this does this. This does that as well, especially between the stare, you know, you look at 80s, comedy movies the jocks and the nerds mm -hmm. you know i really hope this starts to break down barriers and gives people a safe space to be whoever they want to be yeah i think i think we all when we're kind of ostracized as kids we all react in one of two ways either you feel oh my god this is such a horrible feeling i never want to make people feel like this because this is just terrible why would anybody do that or you fall in the camp of um this is a horrible feeling. I'm going to make sure that I hurt people before they hurt me. And I think that's a little bit where you get the two types of people. Yeah. I think, I think that a lot of the people who want to ostracize because now they have the, the means to do so it's, it's not out of revenge. It's out of self protection fear. Yeah. It's out of fear. It's it's weird because I have students right now doing um, adaptations of Frankenstein and um, exclusion and ostracization is a big part, the big theme of that book. And um, they write screenplays that they'll later turn into films. And one of them made a comment that there was, you know, mean girls making fun of another girl. And they said, oh, my God, she's like Chewbacca. Somebody call Han, call Han Solo. And that light bulb went off. I'm like, holy crap. 
that that's that's the geek culture has now become the bullying culture to the point where my kids will write about the kids using geeky terms to make fun of other people. Boy, <laughs> that's that's a lot. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there because it's it's hopefully positive positivity will win out eventually on a long enough timeline well i think a lot of it's just again getting rid of that fear putting out enough positivity out there where you know the the people that you're trying to connect the people who have been labeled the jocks but are interested in the geek stuff or the have been labeled the geek but are interested in doing the the fitness it's just kind of sending out enough positive positivity out there that people feel invited and then Absolutely, at the same yeah. time not threatened that what those new people are going to destroy what you already have. Yeah. And it's that – and so it's kind of just the more positive – it's all back to being optimistic and positive. The more you put out there to counter out the negative noise, the better you're going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. So everyone, go out today, tomorrow, send a message of positivity and just – you'll get that back tenfold. I firmly believe that. Joe, do you have a go-to nerd or fitness resource, uh, nerd or fitness resource that helps you fulfill your goals either with Geektitude, Game Plan, Gaming? The go-to resource for nerdy stuff, I think, is podcasts. Um, I'm a huge podcast listener. It's it's uh, There's not enough time in the day as far as I'm concerned to listen to podcasts. Um, and since there's a podcast for anything out there, <laughs> um, literally you can find anything, the answers to anything you need to know through podcasts. So I'd say that's my geek resource. Um, ones that I'm particularly fond of are Jay and Miles explain the X-Men and, uh, I remembered it better. They're both very just fun ways to keep up on what's going on in either, uh, X-Men comic books, if that's your jam, or as far as I remembered it better, just geeky news in general. And as far as fitness goes, I don't know where this falls into, I, you know, I have a feeling this may have in some circles be a taboo, but I'm a big fan of Beachbody products. Oh, yeah. Um, I did at one point do Power 90, way before Power 90X was a thing, um, but I like them because they're usually very compact workouts, and... You can, you know, I have a laptop with a uh, DVD player on it, so I can literally work out anywhere I need to be. And I've taken it on vacations before. I've, you know, that's what my husband and I are planning on doing when um, when we start working out next week. We're we're going to start doing their power half hour workouts. Okay. Because we can do whatever we feel like working that day. We want to do chest, we'll do chest. If we want to do legs, we'll do legs. You know, I, I feel like if you need a compact workout, it's great. You can use it. But at the same time, if you want to go all out and do the full program, it is an effective one. It's just it's very hard to commit to because it's six days a week. Yeah, absolutely. No, and actually, uh, Kelly from Mating Habits was talking about their size program, C-I-Z-E. So um, check the show notes from last week's episode. She's talking about Beachbody's sized it's uh p it's a it's dance esque but not like crazy hardcore dance like dance that 
everybody. Her words were dance that the whitest of white people can do. <laughs> uh, the get up and move kind of dance. <laughs> yes, yes. Shake your arms just a little bit. All right. Uh, and where can people connect with you? Um, the blog and the website are at geektitude.com. Uh, you can email me at joehogan at geektitude.com. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Epic Grays, and I have to say it's probably the best place to get a hold of me these days. I'm on there constantly. And if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at Geektitude. That's me. All right. Uh, and finally, to cap things off, what parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast? Be a force for positive. That's kind of been the running theme, I think, of today. Absolutely. <laughs> Be the force of positive. When we've, we've talked about the, the marathon of podcasts we're, we did today, and I think the reason why Kenny and I and the, the people from the WEC podcast have gotten in touch together and, and started collaborating is because we, we, we do want to be positive and we do like putting that out there. And so fi- find your tribe and, and keep them positive. That's awesome. Well, uh, Joe, thank you very much for coming on today. I definitely appreciate your time and every all the drops of wisdom that you just uh, gave to everybody for free. <laughs> uh, so thank you again very much for giving me part of your day and giving everybody um, a little bit of you. So you can currently find us at DumbbellsAndDragons.com. Everyone, please like, subscribe, rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. Those things actually do matter. If you'd like to contact me, you can always send me an email at ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com. Until next time, work out nerd out, everybody. <laughs>